Welcome to Conflict Managed. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Today on Conflict Managed, Brooke Simmons joins us and challenges us to choose optimism. We discuss the impact of bosses who encourage and empower their teams, the value and difficulty of listening to feedback, and the importance of being agile and flexible to stay competitive. Brooke Simmons is Community Relations Director for the O'Brien County Joint Economic Development Corporation. In her role, she is an active member of the O'Brien County community and spends her time working to improve quality of life for citizens. She's involved in organizations such as Main Street Union City, Carl Perkins Center Advisory Board, O'Brien County Junior Auxiliary, and the Fall Fest Board. Brooke enjoys leadership programs and is a graduate of Adult Leadership O'Brien County, Delta Leadership Institute, and Harvard Kennedy School of Government Authentic Leadership Program. She now serves as a board member of the O'Brien County Leadership Program and enjoys serving as a mentor for those going through the class. Brooke is a local small business owner to Lillian's Marketplace. She has a strong passion for growing entrepreneurship in her community and hopes that she can cultivate other young entrepreneurs through her business. She enjoys spending time outdoors with her husband, Bo, and their two dogs. Good morning, Brooke, and welcome to Conflict Managed. Good morning, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I am too. I know um, you do so much for us at the Chamber, and I just love getting involved with your business and learning more about what you do as well. So thank you. Yes. Well, let's go ahead and start. Will you tell us about your work history, starting with the first job you ever had? Yeah, so um, my first job, my situation is a little unique. Um, I always worked in high school and the summers when I was in college with my family. Um, I would either work in the office at our construction company filing papers, and I did a lot of post office runs. (laughs) And then I also would work at my mom's flower shop. And so I loved that, loved my time there. And after I graduated college, I even worked there for a few months before um, starting here at my current role. So when you think about working for your family, um, well, did you enjoy more the construct working at the construction site or working um, at the florist shop? Well, I loved working at the florist. Um, That was so much fun for me. And really, I loved retail. Because, you know, people coming in and you get to see a lot of familiar faces. And that was a really special time also with me and my mom. We got to spend a lot of quality time together, especially after I had been gone for four years. So I really, I really enjoyed it and loved getting to know the customers. Um, It's just, it's a fun job. You know, delivering flowers is fun because you usually are making someone happy when you show up on their doorstep. So that was a really good time. What kind of boss is your mom? She was amazing. She was so much fun to work with. Um, Something I loved about her was that it was a small group. It was me, her, and then one other employee. And she's so encouraging. So me being there, I honestly, I didn't know much about floral design. And she was really good about kind of giving me the space to learn on my own. She taught me, but also let me trial and error for myself and then was there to help me if I needed it. So that was something that I really loved and appreciated about her as a boss and as my mom also, but it was just, it was a really good learning experience for me. Um, and it wasn't just, I was there and I still put in the same amount of work and I really enjoyed that. She was really encouraging. 
that sounds like such a wonderful mix of, um, as you said, coming alongside, showing what to do, and then empowering you to do it. But if you mm-hmm. have a problem or an issue, you know, because so many managers and bosses ride that line of uh, micromanaging or just being checked out. And most right. of us employees, we don't want that. We want that empowerment. So someone to tell us what to do and then to trust that we're going to be able to do it. And if we have an issue, then they can be a resource for us. Absolutely. I think that to me, that is the best quality in leadership is having someone there that is an encourager, but also lets you make a mistake if that, you know, and because if you make a mistake, you learn from it. And I think that's really important as a leader. Yeah, because uh, of course, we don't want anybody to make mistakes and we don't want to make mistakes, but they're going to happen. I mean, that's just a part of life. Absolutely. What about in contrast to the atmosphere at the construction business? What was the difference there? Well, I mean, two totally different roles, absolutely different. Um, But I loved my time there also. I loved the, I worked with a few ladies in the office and we had so much fun. Um, They were also, they were very encouraging as well. The task was different just because I was doing more um, administrative, like filing papers and I had a set task every single day, which was, it was nice to have that consistency. So that's something that's totally different than the flower shop is you would go into the flower shop and you never knew what was going to happen that day. So I really got to experience two different types of workplace. And I think that's helpful too, as you move on throughout your career to understand that not every workplace is going to be the same. It's different environments, different tasks. And it really, you just kind of find what works for you. So I thought that was a great experience as well, especially being so young when I was there. It seems like the job you have now at the O'Brien County Chamber of Commerce sort of marries both of those in the sense that you have rote jobs, things that have to get done, but you're constantly going out into the community. And I mean, you have ribbon cutting events, but everyone is different and has a different set of challenges, uh, a different um, feel. Mm -hmm. And so you have that variety as well. Do you think that's the case? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's what I love about the job is the difference in not only what we do at the chamber, because there might be a day that I'm in the office all day long working on newsletters or a grant for something that we're looking to do, or, you know, there's those types of days. And then there's also days where I get to spend the entire day out visiting with our members and community businesses. And that is amazing for me, but it's also amazing to see how they make their businesses work. And I've seen such a variety in that. So I really enjoy that and appreciate that. Um, It's definitely one of the best parts of the job. You know, I was just thinking that um, some of our listeners may not really be familiar with the work of chambers that most communities have, uh, chambers of commerce. Uh, What in general does a chamber of commerce do? So at our chamber, I'm the community relations director. So my main role is engaging with our members. Um, I recruit people to be members of the chamber and we celebrate them. We celebrate when they open a business and when they have a milestone anniversary. But we also behind the scenes work on things like advocacy. Um, We do a legislative breakfast every single year to give people policy updates, which I think is something amazing that we do. And we also, we work on tourism at our chamber. 
And so we do a lot of marketing to drive people to visit Obion County and eventually, hopefully, move here. So that's another thing that we do more behind the scenes, as well as um, recruiting retail to come. So we have partnerships with developers and retail businesses that we work to bring them to our community. You know, one thing that I appreciate about um, the various chambers, and in particular yours, is the networking opportunities uh, for business owners and people in the community in general to get to know what's going on locally, the different uh, movers and shakers and just opportunities that are out there. And in addition to that, uh, those uh, regular networking opportunities, the way that you celebrate uh, the members of the community, not just through ribbon cuttings and milestones, but through awards and a recognition. And you have a weekly newsletter that goes out that I just think is fabulous. Well, thank you. I um, I will say something I didn't mention was our annual banquet where we do give, we give 11 community awards every year. And that's my favorite thing that we do because we bring 300 people together in a room just to celebrate each other. And you know, that's what's really powerful, in my opinion, about the chamber is that, you know, businesses are so busy doing their job and running their business. And so we kind of are able to give them the space and the time to come together and celebrate with each other. And so that is something that's so special to a community and my favorite thing about what we do here. You know, I was thinking about chambers and And one thing that you work a lot with are entrepreneurs, people who are starting businesses, right, or expanding their business and your own background, right? You come from a background of entrepreneurs and you are one yourself. You have your own business. And so how does your background of thinking about innovation and empowerment and starting something new, how has that affected how you think about your job now? Well, like you said, I come from a long background of entrepreneurs, um, and I am so thankful for that because I've seen firsthand how hard people work and how much passion and drive is behind an entrepreneur. And so I use that here at the chamber because I just, I appreciate them so much and I can, I can see how much that they care. And so I think that gives me an opportunity to connect with them even more, um, just because I've I've been there, I understand. And even when I started my own business, you know, it's a lot, it's hard and it's, it's scary, but exciting. And it's so many emotions wrapped into one, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And so it's a connection, I think, between people when you have that. And so I, I love seeing entrepreneurs and it's really a passion of mine to bring, like find them, find an entrepreneur and encourage them because we need them. We need entrepreneurs, not only in our own community, but any community. You need those people. So it's it's really a special thing, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, when I think about businesses in the community, we want them to thrive. And as you know, my business, I'm interested in helping people have healthy work environments. And when we have difficult people that we're not sure how to manage, which of course is different than a toxic work environment, but sometimes we get that as well. Uh, I see that as a stumbling block to uh, businesses growing and thriving. And I'm sure you also not only do ribbon cuttings, but I know you see businesses going out of business. So when you think about issues that people have with their workers or their work environment, and so many people have family businesses, which has its own kind of set of dynamics, depending on the health 
of the family relationships. Uh, what do you see are challenges that businesses face when it comes to having difficult conversations? You know, a lot of times when you see people struggling or going out of business, a lot of times I see when you talk to different people, there is a lack of communication there. So I think what's really important is just taking the time to sit down with one another in your business, whether it be family or not. Um, You know, like you said, a family dynamic is even more different because you might go to dinner together one night, but then the next day you're at work together and it's just different. But I think you really have to set aside that time to not only show your employees that you appreciate them, but get feedback from them. It's not always what you're going to want to hear, but it's important. It's important to listen to each other. Yeah. You know, I think that's really important that feedback, whatever it is, good or bad. And, and I understand, I mean, we all have egos, we all have visions, we all have um, beliefs about what we want for our businesses, but sometimes we can get our, in our own way when we think this is my business, I'm the boss, my word is what we're going to do, be that as it may, we can get in our own way of being unapproachable, not being willing to get support that we need, not willing to listen to the people who are interacting with the customers and what they see and what they see are problems or how they're feeling. So how, how do we help people get out of their own way to really communicate and take that feedback? You know, I, I think that's so true. And what I would encourage people to do is take the time to learn something new. You know, you continue to grow as you learn throughout your career. And so even if, you know, you get feedback that you don't like, it's an opportunity to learn. And so, like you said, talking to the person who does interact with the customers, you know, they hear firsthand what a customer thinks when they walk into your business. They're the ones that know what that experience is like. So I think you really should dive into that and learn more about what people are experiencing. And like you said, get out of your own way and just step back and take that time. Yeah. You know, why we don't do that when we know it will help our own business is because it's really hard. It's hard to hear things that we don't want to hear when we have this fabulous idea, but maybe other people don't think it's fabulous at this time. It's not working for them or we have certain products in stock that aren't meeting needs or the way we're going about our business is just not hitting the way that we think that it would. And if our goal is to be a part of the community, yeah, getting out of our own way to really listen to that feedback so we can make the necessary changes so that we can be on mission, our greater mission. Absolutely. And you know, another thing that that I see a lot is you have to adapt. Things are, I mean, we've lived through the past couple of years, for example, have been a time that we never expected. We never imagined. So it's important too to see as things change that you adapt and you learn ways to better your business with the time. So I see that sometimes as well is that we get so bogged down in doing what we envision that we don't look around us and see what's really happening. Yeah, I was talking to somebody who um, was talking about an experience that she had in a work environment that after the fact she realized was toxic. She couldn't see it at the time, but given some distance. And that's really hard to be in the moment and see what's not working. 
But I think you're right. If we have that idea of being flexible, of being agile, that what is happening right now is temporary. So we should be looking for the next. What is the next possibility, you know, whether it has to do with the Blue Oval City or or whatever might be around the corner, uh, another health scare or just a change in appetites of the consumer. When we think about what's around the corner, I think that can really help us also think about with our working relationships. Many times I'll talk to an organization and they'll say, everything is fine where we are. And I think that's wonderful. Everything really may be fine, but preparing for the future when somebody enters the organization and maybe they're not a right fit, or maybe uh, that person uh, is difficult to work within the given dynamic or doesn't is not on the same sort of mission. Have you ever had that experience of being in an environment where it was difficult for you and you had to adapt? Absolutely. I think, I mean, we all face that, you know, sometimes change is scary and so it's hard. And I know Lindsay and I talk about this sometimes that we see things coming that, or we see things changing and, you know, it makes us nervous for our businesses because we want to see everyone succeed. And sometimes it's hard, it's hard to adapt when it's not, it doesn't align with what you originally, how you thought things would go, if that makes sense. So I, I do see that. I see that a lot. And it's, you know, it's hard, but we really just have to learn to, to do so and be an encourager and think, I think positive thinking takes us so far. And so I think if you're an optimist about the future, then you're going to be great. You're going to succeed because you're excited to see what's coming. I love that being an optimist about the future, right? So whatever we're interested in and what we're doing, if we are forward looking, that can help us see, live in the moment, like we're doing this now, but we're also thinking about the future. So that means whatever hardship we're dealing with right now, as you said before, what can we learn from it and look towards the future And if things are going really well right now, what can we learn from this to be agile and know that the future won't be the same as the present and help us to prepare for whatever that future might be? Absolutely. So Brooke, when you think about your variety of work experiences and the people that you've worked for and the places that you've worked, what is, it sounds like a lot of them have been very positive, but what strikes you as being one of the most positive experiences and what personally for you was positive about it? You know, um, in my current role here at the chamber, I have learned so much and something that Lindsay has always been amazing at. And I, I'm forever grateful for her (laughs) because she has just dealt with me. I am just all over the place, but, um, I think that she is such an encourager and she is someone who she does not micromanage. She lets you be in the community and make those relationships and find your own way, but being there to encourage you or be there if you need anything. And I think that has been one of the most positive experiences I have ever had. Um, She has just, she's really encouraged me. And I have grown a lot personally in the past three years that I've been here. It has been, I mean, such a special time in my life. And I think that's because of how she has been as a leader and so I'm I'm appreciative of that. And it helps me to know how I want to be as a leader as well, to see that, you know, help someone make their own way and encourage them to grow as a person. Yeah, encouragement, it sounds like a lot like you're talking about trust. We all want to be trusted because yeah. when we trust, we're saying, 
I see you as a professional. I see you as competent. I see you as adding value. And when we micromanage, it's the opposite of trust. I don't trust that you can do what it is I need to be done. I have to be watching you. And that doesn't feel empowering. It doesn't feel, as you said, encouraging. But when we feel encouraged that we can do more than, right? More than our boss's vision, because we have our own vision that we can marry together to have something better at the end. Have you encountered any management styles, either someone that you have worked for or you've seen in another organization that you think is counterproductive? I have. I have seen, you know, environments where, like you said, that micromanagement and I I really strongly believe in that that carries down and it trickles throughout your organization. So when you do that and you don't have that trust, that baseline trust means everything to a company. And I've seen a lot of companies struggle with that. And it takes a long time to build that back if it's broken. And so, you know, how you start out means a lot. It means a lot for an employee. And it I've seen where it can be built back. But it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And sometimes we're so busy in our business that it's hard to do that. That's such a good point that trust, once it's broken, just like in our uh, relationships with our friends and our family, it doesn't mean that it has to be gone forever. But damage control always takes more time. It's more costly and just damaging because damage has been done. So to workers, to our businesses, to so to the individuals physically and emotionally, that kind of stress, what that does to us. And so if we as leaders can think about our actions, our words, our policies on the front end, we will save ourselves, our businesses and our people a lot of unnecessary damage and heartache. Absolutely. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And you know, it's hard to, it's hard to know what you're going to get in the beginning. So I think, like you said, having those policies in place from the beginning is important because then you have something that you can go back and say, this is what we believe in. And this is the direction we're working toward. And so I think having that from the beginning is essential. Yes, absolutely. People need to have a mission, a vision to get on board with, but what I'm a big advocate for are employee centric values. So those are specifically for the employees themselves. So from the boss, the owner, all the way down to the part-time seasonal worker, how can, how can we expect to be treated and treat each other and have the company itself? It doesn't matter the size of the size is three people or 30,000 people. How can, how do we expect to treat one another and be treated. And when you have those, I think employee-centric values that are based on the mission mission and vision of the organization, that can be preemptively help us see what the standard is and whether or not we are meeting it. And then also, if it's not being met, we need to have a plan to really empower people what to do. And, you know, sometimes even the person at the very top, you can get lost in your organization in the work. And sometimes you need that to go and refer back to yourself. Absolutely. I see that happen a lot in the sense of uh, maybe not necessarily all the people that I work with, but just in culture, you see uh, leaders or people in the spotlight, they are isolated and they get surrounded by people that just tell them 
what these people think the leader wants to hear. And when you hear it enough, you end up believing it and you can become out of touch with what's actually happening on the ground. Like uh, there was some talk a year or so ago about what's going on in Amazon work uh, warehouses with employees. And I think the intent probably from Amazon was to be efficient, but the result was a really hostile harming environment where uh, the productivity made it such that people couldn't take bathroom breaks, you know, very inhumane working conditions. And so you could think from the top, oh, this is going to help workers, but what happens in practice? And so that's a really important, I think, distinction for employers to think about intent versus what actually happens. For sure. And, you know, another part to that is taking time for, like you said, you know, you see and you think that might be more efficient, but take the time to go and be there with the employees that are doing the job, understanding every every single person's role and working to see what they do day to day. I think you gain a lot of respect from them and then you also gain a lot of insight for yourself. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in even if you were at the top of your organization, take the time to go and understand what everyone does because it makes you a better and it makes your organization better. Absolutely. And as you said at the very top about communication, how can I communicate to the person on the front line if I don't really understand what they're supposed to be doing? You know, if I don't really understand, like yes. I can see what the job description is, but is a lot of times the job description and what people actually do day in and day out are different. And so I, as the owner, might be holding somebody to an unreasonable, outdated expectation. And that right there breeds miscommunication. But if I'm on the floor, if I'm talking to, if I really elicit feedback and I actually see what people are doing, then I can align my expectations so that I can actually help and guide middle management and then the middle managers to work with the people on the floor. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is so important. And getting that respect from your frontline workers is also, I mean, it just, it betters your organization as a whole. You're right. exactly right. Every single one of us want to be respected and seen. It doesn't matter what our title is or how much we're being paid. I mean, we want to have proper pay and proper titles, but we're all human persons. We all are going to the same place. We all are human and we all have these basic desires to be seen, to res be respected. And I believe we all have a duty to see and respect our fellows. And so whether we are, you know, at an entry level or the boss, we're just human persons and all should be treated with dignity and respect. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we live in such a rural, small community. And I think there's something really special about that. And I've seen, you know, here at the chamber, I get to see firsthand a lot of different types of business and a lot of, you know, different types of jobs. And I think that, you know, understanding what people do is really good for our community being so small because, you know, most of the time these people that work here, you know, you see them at church, you see them at school when you drop your kids off. And that's another, we do an adult leadership program and that's really special to me. And I hold that really dear to my heart because so many people don't see the behind the scenes and, you know, getting that group of leaders together in your community and taking them to see how your water gets to your faucet and, you know, how the job that the frontline workers are doing at all of our local industry 
it's something really special and they enjoy it. And I think that I would encourage anyone to go through your local leadership, be involved because you really gain a lot of insight that can help you. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I just interviewed, um, his name is Mark Cancia and he lives in Jackson and he just went through leadership Jackson and had a fabulous time. And I was saying, you know, look into local leadership programs. And so is, is your program called leadership Obion County? Yes, it's adult leadership Obion County. Um, and we house it here at the chamber of commerce and we have a board of directors that are all alumni of the class. And so they help us plan the days and, help us to, you know, keep it fresh and new for each year's class. And this year we have 16 people going through the class right now, and they recently went to Ag Day. And so they visited some of our local industry. And I mean, they are just amazed when they leave. They're like, I just didn't realize what all happened here. And so it's just, it's amazing to see that class every single year and what they learn. And, you know, we visit with the city of Union City's um, department heads and learning what they do to help our community thrive is such an, I mean, it's just an invaluable experience. It's amazing. Absolutely. The more we know uh, about local government, the more we know know, about the sausage being made, how it gets made, what is involved can help us really when we're having problems with our water, our sewer, our uh, lights, our infrastructure, the holes in the, in the road. If we know who to talk to, what's going on, that these are our neighbors. If you're in a big city or a small city, all of this infrastructure and the businesses that are around us, it's important to know what, what's going on. And the more we know, the more we can communicate and advocate for ourselves and our families and our businesses. Absolutely. And, you know, we all, we work every day to improve and make sure we've got great quality of life here. And it starts with just seeing what all goes on behind the scenes. And I think we have such an amazing community. I really believe that, that we are surrounded by amazing people who work hard to make this a good place. And so just seeing that and gaining that appreciation just will carry you further and further and building the relationships with those people who they're the one that you call when your electricity goes out, you know, but having a relationship with them means a lot and it goes a long way. So it's a great, it's a great benefit to have that in our community. I think also in our culture where we hear so much bad news and there's a lot of bad news in our, in our, um, country and around the world. And it can be so overwhelming. And we think, well, what can I do? I mean, what can I do in the face of all the evil and the suffering, the downright suffering in the world? Well, the adage is think globally, act locally. And maybe I can't do anything about suffering around the world or even around the country, but I can act. I can get involved in my community. I can know what's going on. I can join a board. I can pick up trash. I can I can. And I love that message of empowerment that leadership programs do or that anybody can just decide the community is not made by some anonymous something. The community is us. Every single person in the community that decides not to throw trash out their window, that decides to, you know, obey the laws. Every single one of us are members of the community and it's our community it's not somebody else's, it's our community. And therefore we can make changes for the better. Absolutely. And every single person 
adds their own value. And so it's just, you know, getting involved, there's just something so special about that. And I really, I really think that you gain so much from just giving a little. For so long, I've lived in this small town next to Union City in, in Martin, Tennessee. And I worked at uh, the local university, which is uh, less than a half mile from my house and didn't do a lot in my community outside of just doing stuff at the university, raising kids, which is, you know, a kind of involvement in the community, but really being involved in the Bayan County Chamber and going to the ribbon cuttings, seeing people on their best days, which is just such a joy and networking. And so that means meeting other people in the community that are interested in the community has really changed my vision and my understanding of where I live and has made me feel even though I lived in these parts for 20 years, uh, made me feel like not such a transplant, you know, that I, I can be a part of this community and, and make a, a change for the better. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, when you think into the future, this is one of the last questions I'd like to ask. And you think about bringing about healthy work environments for everyone, what would you like to see changed or what do you think needs to have happen? You know, I would encourage anybody to just, show some optimism. I think that that it starts there in a company. I think that having a great positive attitude and energy and, you know, get excited about what you do, because if you have positivity and passion, it will carry you so far. And so that's, that's the advice I give to anyone, any business that I meet, see, I try to encourage, you know, get behind your mission and really work and give it your all and get involved. And I think that sometimes that lasts and we get so bogged down in the day to day that we forget that. And so that's my advice to anyone. I love that. It's when I think about some of the conflicts that I run into when in businesses, a lot of it is due to being a pessimist. This person will never change or these circumstances will always be like this is, or the people who come into work who don't want to be there. And that negativity drags everybody down, including themselves. And that's a choice. We get to choose to be negative. We get to choose to be positive. And that's, and if we choose to be positive, now not, not rosy eyed glasses that everything is okay. That's not, I think, real positivity. That's not real optimism. Optimism is being able to see the world as it is and choosing to look more at the good, choosing to be a part of the good and work for the good. And I really think that is, that is, very helpful. So for those of you who find yourself in really difficult work environments, I know this can be really hard and you think, well, Mary, how can I find the optimism or how can I just choose to be optimistic when these people are actively trying to make me lose my job? Well, I'm sorry that those circumstances really do exist. And yet you get to decide how you're going to interact in those environments. They don't get to decide that for you. You get to decide how to react and the kind of person that you want to be. And when you address that and decide to look for the good, you'll find it. And it might be the good of empowering you to find a different place to, to be, but you'll find the good if you look for it. Absolutely. And, you know, there, we're surrounded. There's so much good around us, you know, and sometimes it is hard to see that because there's so many things that go on, but we really, we are blessed. We really are. So well, thank you, Brooke, so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Mary. This has been so fun.
We yeah. appreciate at the chamber. We really appreciate all you do in your business and you help so many people. Well, well, I love being a part of the community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke, and thank you for listening to Conflict Managed. If there's a guest that you would like to see on the show or any questions that you have, please let us know. You can contact us at 3pconflictrestoration at gmail.com. Conflict Managed is produced by third-party workplace conflict restoration services. I'm your host, Mary Brown. Our music is courtesy of Dove Pilot. And remember... Conflict is normal and to be expected. Let's deal with it. Until next time, take care.